<laughs> there you go. If I can, that was that, that's it. That's the one we're using. Hello, welcome once again to It Is Complicated, the podcast where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of the podcast, which is also It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J, who is in the room with me. Hello, Josephine, who's also in the room having to deal with me basically detuning an instrument and bouncing around because she gave me coffee before we recorded and she's now realizing the problem that this might cause the folly of my ways yes <laughs> dear listener that was also a live rendition of our theme tune which has no name no it's called the plinky plonky music plinky go. plonky theme music there you go all right, now I have to find a place where to put one's instrument for now. It's a little bit of a different episode, dear listener. Um, Jay has happened to find their way into, well, my house. <laughs> I was invited. I didn't just kind of apparate or do something like that. I was invited. So like vampire rules, Jay was invited into my house and has arrived. <laughs> uh, and we are here in person to do our very first in-person recording for our little podcast which is very exciting and so well in good it is complicated style perhaps we should start by explaining who we are so dr che hello and welcome who are you i'm dr Jay. i gave myself the job title harbinger of change because i greet you from the self-defining future uh, thoughtworks allowed me to define my job so i have chosen harbinger of change that is my official job title my gender is transgressive non-binary gender queer and thanks to the new zealand government that is my official my official gender and i have a statutory declaration to that as if you couldn't tell i'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because branding Josephine, hopefully you can do one that's a little bit more sane and less full of parentheses and ellipses. Hello, my name is Josephine Barrett. I am a current lecturer at the University of Uppsala Game Design Department, where I teach on game design. In a former life, I was a performer who trod, well, the boards, depending on what uh, environment we were in. It often was a milk crate or uh, in front of your, your point, It's not helping. What are you doing? You're pointing at the... Screen! You're a star of stage and screen. Ah, right. Okay. See, dear listener, what you can't see is Jay is now gesticulating at me in my own environment. And I'm not as used to that. And so this is causing um, mirth and distraction. Uh, yes, I was a star of... Well, star. I was uh, on the screen occasionally as a performer. And I may once again be on the performing side, which is very exciting. Still don't have all the news for that, but you will have it soon as I have it. Uh, I'm a PhD student at the University of Vienna also studying games. I also like to think of myself as a firm of international mystery. Thank you very much. This is going to be an interesting episode because we've decided on a slightly different topic. It has been quite the time of it. So there's been lots of disruptions to everyone's lives, including our own. And we took the time recently to sort of take stock and think about what we wanted to do with the podcast. And we have a plan. I know it doesn't look like we have a plan. It doesn't sound like we have a plan. But we do. We do indeed have a plan. In the absence of a plan, anything that's written down becomes a plan. And we have written things down. So uh, we thought we'd share that with you, dear listener. And we're excited for the future. And we hope after you've heard <laughs> our ideas, you might too be <laughs> excited for our future collectively together. You, I and Dr. J. Absolutely. So just to kind of catch you up on how we got to where we are, we started doing this as part of the COVID lockdown in 2020. 
and then 2020 turned into 2021 and we kept doing this and 2021 turned into 22 and we kept trying to do this and we are doing this around day jobs we are doing this around mental health we are doing this around exhaustion and we are doing this around well both of us have caught covid in the last six months um so we're also doing it around post-covid exhaustion and craziness like that so one of the things that we thought about talking about is we have made 50 some episodes and the goal for like sometime in 2025 which used to sound a long time away and is not would be to be putting out our 100th episode and one of the interesting things i think looking at this is how many podcasts started in that lockdown time by people who were isolated who were reaching out etc who have managed to sustain themselves and that's something that we're quite proud of that we have managed to despite our lives changing quite dramatically and all of those things we've managed to sustain some output we've managed to sustain this conversation and that's one of the things that i would like us to continue doing is that how you're seeing it as well josephine do you mean you want to keep doing this thing that we've been doing i want to keep doing the thing that we've been doing then yes excellent (laughs) (laughs) it's been challenging because of all kinds of different impediments it's been really difficult to keep going but the one thing that I've really enjoyed is that we do keep going as Jay said this idea of like continuing the conversation is a lovely way of putting it because it feels like it's a continued conversation and it feels like we have developed our own voices that this podcast is a collective voice and what's been really exciting is also been able to include other people's voices in this podcast and so I really like to think of it as a continued conversation. Topics that we address maybe once, maybe revisited in the future. Topics that are new will be revisited before they're visited. That was confusing. New topics will be included and then revisited <laughs> later. It's it's lovely. I, I don't feel like there's ever an end to the possible discussions we could have. And hopefully, dear listener, you will continue to enjoy tuning in what we want to continue doing with the podcast what's the things that we value and we said there was good high quality and consistency and then we kind of broke down what good meant so one of the things that josephine said about good is that we are snappy well we sound snappy when josephine has gone through and edited out all of the crap that we put in a good point well argued yes (laughs) no i i like the idea of keeping these conversations to the point as best as possible it means that a concept that can be quite complicated can be discussed in a short enough period of time that it's digestible to someone who's listening, perhaps in one session. I love long podcasts. I, the longer, the better as for me. However, I am very aware that it's very easy to get lost, especially in a topic as dense as some of the ones that we approach. And so I find that like that 40 minute spot is about perfect and it's sort of the amount of time that someone can attend to something like this in in one go comfortably Uh, i don't know how you do this dear listener feel free to get in touch and tell us in what increments you listen to us perhaps in five to ten second increments i don't know what's (laughs) palatable so yes the podcast is actually quite heavily edited but with the principle of always retaining the voice of the person speaking so no matter what even though I edit out lots of ums and ahs and clicks and sounds and even sentences that tend to go nowhere, which I must admit (laughs) we both are pretty good at doing. So for me, good enters into that. Good also is about the topic and depth we like to go into. 
because these are conversations that I've had with Jay for many years and many other people too. So I know that they're relevant and I know that they're difficult and challenging and require some attention. So for me, good is also in depth mm. and that should never be at the detriment of being succinct. So if we need to take longer, we take longer. And if we need to take two runs at it, we take two runs at it. There are some things like the Laverne Tota test that we kind of work through in real time, whereas some of the stuff, we've both kind of done the processing work on it. For a lot of the stuff, I feel like the topics that we even propose to each other, we've spent days pondering on, if not researching. One of us researches, one of us doesn't spot which one does what. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's why these things should be done in dialogue. That's why I like this format of a podcast is that it allows for dialogue like I can research and have an opinion and I could record it and that's a lecture (laughs) (laughs) I, I do that for a job so I know what that's called but the dialogue of having this conversation with someone who's critically thinking about an idea I hope will always have the opportunity to change someone's mind I want to have a mind that is open to that At all times, I hope I don't get too stuck in my ways. I like the idea of being, especially as an academic, someone who is open to the idea of having their opinion changed, quite radically, by conversations like this. And I hope that this has been informative to you too, listener. And if not, well, I'm getting something out of it. (laughs) And then with the high quality, it was about having good quality sound. So this possibly sounds quite a bit different to one of the others because I don't have a headset mic. So I'm in a chair that doesn't allow me to wriggle so much and a desperate attempt to get me to stay a consistent distance from the mic but I think it's important to have good sound quality because we are sitting in your eardrums and the hisses the pops the muffles can detract from the ability to pay attention it can make it harder to hear people it can make it less accessible for people as well when your voice is not quite so clear coming through We want to produce the best sound quality we can. However, we do do this from our own homes. There are podcasts that are in studios, which I think are wonderful. I have a fondness for good sound, and I do think it makes a bit of a difference, especially in this format. We've got a little bit of background noise that comes from being in an urban... Well, I'm in a very urban environment. I'm looking at it, Josephine, going, oh my God, you don't see people and there are trees everywhere. But she also has a cat, and Elsie the cat is um, (laughs) insistent. When she decides to be insistent, I think she's fallen asleep at the moment. But she does come and kind of interrupt about halfway through our recordings pretty much all the time. We get about 40 minutes and then Elsie decides that she has to come and howl at Josephine. I think those also provide that warmth, that humanness that you don't get from those very studio podcasts. And it's nothing to say that studio podcasts aren't good. I'm thinking of two immediately that I really enjoy that are studio-based. And it's in part because different productions need different things. You and I are having a conversation that's sort of organic, and that, I think, works well in this format. Mm. Well, like, for example, I, I'm really enjoying uh, Morlena williams Haas's podcast at the moment, which is, uh, I believe, studio-produced. And she does these amazing monologues. And because of the warmth of the studio and the warmth of her voice, I find that kind of production just wonderful. And that really makes me happy. And there's another one I'm trying to remember the title of. So one of the podcasts that I love is The History of England. And throughout the summer, especially when he's recorded during the summer, you hear the birdsong in the Mm. background all the time. And it just makes his history seem so personal. And then when he was 
sick for six months and didn't release anything, I was like, oh my God, please be okay. I want more. And that brings us to the other one, which is around that consistency of publication, trying to find ways to reassure you that we are still here and we're still wanting to do this, even though our productions over the last six months have been quite sporadic, simply because of their mental health, physical health, life. I mean, the short of it, we don't share everything, of course, on these podcasts. I share a lot. But for me personally, I've had a lot of challenges in the last six months, um, not least uh, having COVID at the very beginning of the year and being very, very ill for uh, a couple of months thereafter has meant that these things have been slower. I want this podcast to come out consistently. I'm aware and trying to accept <laughs> that it is not always possible. But we reassure you, dear listener, that part of this planning that Jay and I did was to discuss the complexities of consistent production. So part of this podcast today is a reassurance that A, we are still indeed here, and B, we have planned for the next couple of years. And we do, and we did write it down. So perhaps we could talk a little bit about one of those plans. Jay, do you have a particular one you'd like to discuss? The thing that I want to talk about is this notion that I had of talking about queer voices and this comes a lot from what I'm seeing and hearing in performances but also what I'm doing around talks on inclusion and diversity and teams and things like that and trying to understand what it means to say some of these words in a queer voice what a queer voice is how a queer voice can change something that seems quite simple and I'm going to use an example so I've been obsessively no no not obsessively Yes, obsessively, listening to Only an Octave Apart with some of the stuff that went on for me during the last six months. It became almost like a totally emotional crutch that allowed me to just feel that queer warmth around me or something like that. And there's a a mix of uh, De Placanti mixed with Don't Give Up. It almost mixes the way... Justin Vivian Bond's voice and Anthony Ross Constanzo's voices mix together the different octaves that they sing at, the way their voices blend. When they're singing Don't Give Up, You Have Friends, There's a Place for Us, the queerness of who they are changes the words for me. When it's sung by Kate Bush and Pete Gabriel, it's a moving piece of singing, but when it's sung by two queers saying There's a Place, me as a queer feels more included, it feels like almost feel their arms around me and their voices inside my head saying, it's going to be okay. You're going to get through this really, really shitty time. You're completely fine. It's okay to be in so much pain. You will get there. And that started this whole thinking of what happens when queers are given space to give voice and starting to open that conversation and give space for that conversation to talk about what a queer voice is and what it means to have a queer voice and how those queer voices can change some of the meanings of what we're listening to. I like this idea of considering queer voices from several angles, that queer voices can come from different arenas, spaces, people, times and opportunities. Just having an environment where a queer voice can exist queers that space, that environment. Giving a person an opportunity to raise their queer voice allows us to hear more as part of that chorus of queer voices, which I really love. The idea of even considering queer voices coming from non-queer speakers and environments. I kind of like that as an idea. It's something I've been toying with. 
This notion that I've seen queer characters being written by not necessarily queer people. Or not outwardly queer people. Yeah, not outwardly queer people. I like this idea that queer voices can change a space that changes the language, changes our understanding, changes our perspective. And that the project of any uh, advancement in society and life should involve raising queer voices, all kinds of queer voices. Now, we've been lucky, Jay and I, to have this podcast, which has, for me, had an opportunity to raise our voices, Jay's and I. That's very cool and very exciting. I feel very privileged. I also feel privileged that we've had the opportunity to raise a couple of people's queer voices. We've had a few wonderful guests. We were talking about this idea of trying to provide space for queer voices. In our own little tiny backyard of this podcast, we came up with this idea that we'd like to do a bit of a series of episodes. Now, we're still going to do episodes like this. Don't, don't <laughs> fear not, dear listener. Or if you will continue. <laughs> yeah, fear not, you will get the usual amount of... Mm, uh, but you will also get more of others. And we have some people in mind. Mm-hmm. We've made some overtures. We also have already recorded a particular guest who we are very excited about. Personal hero of mine. This person has had an impact on uncountable lives. It's. I'm still stage struck. <laughs> or starstruck. No, starstruck. Well, we're teasing the listener at this point. Tune in next time for that particular interview. And that's just the start. This person was a huge influence on us, but she's also a queer voice that has been raised and I think needs to continue to be raised and shared. And so that's the plan, is to seek out and invite, hopefully um, speak to, some of the people who are already on our list. And so what we would do is the kind of episodes that you've come to know us for, which is we tend to pick a topic that may be relevant to the person that we're speaking to and discuss that topic and realise how complicated it in fact is and perhaps try to come to some sort of uh, <laughs> conclusion and then talk about Keanu Reeves. And yes, Keanu Reeves is on the list of guests we would like to get. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> and some of the people we are kind of aware that we know mm. we're going to be able to talk to and we will just be sprinkling them in into the episodes and we'll just keep calling those our Queer Voices series. And we're very excited at the prospect of doing this. And we really hope that you will enjoy these voices as much as we do and will hopefully help us in sharing them around because that would be of tremendous help. The people that we want to talk to are people that Jay and I feel would really do with reaching even more people. Mm -hmm. This brings us on to who we reach. This was an interesting little study between the two of us because who are you collectively as an audience? We know from ACAST and from some of the stats that we can get about how many people download podcasts. The longevity of these podcasts has continued to amaze me and that's also a little side project that I'm working on to make our SEO a bit better, to make us a bit more findable, to make us a little bit easier to search out, especially if you're a queer looking for us. But we have discovered that we have audiences from the technology industry, from the gaming industry, from crossovers between that. We've got a group we've collectively called just the queers. We've got artists and academics. Is, is there any group that I've missed? I'm sure there is. I mean, we have no idea. that It's just exciting for us to know that there is such a broad section of you all listening. And thank you for continuing to listen. And thank you for continuing to stick with us. It's 
kind of an honour that anybody would sit down and <laughs> download this and, and put it into their delicate ear holes. And, and I, I, um, I am in your delicate ear hole. Oh, God, I wish I hadn't said that now. <laughs> to have such a cross-section is very exciting. And we also have a very large international cross-section across all of those groups. And that's also really exciting. We know that there are listeners in a lot of different parts of the world. Well, I do my best to avoid using words that would ensure that we are blocked in countries where queer identities, especially LGBT identities, are restricted. We're trying to find ways so that this podcast is accessible in as many different places as possible. The opportunity to speak across boundaries like this is tremendously humbling. But at the same time, the complex navigation that is required of trying to skirt around algorithms and censorship and absolute nonsense like that we could talk about the complexities of that too i'd rather not because it's just so painful but it's there dear listener and we've been discussing as part of our i guess three-year plan at this point is to see if we can find some ways to become more accessible to reach out even further and one of the ways we do that is by doing this what i call queer parkour which is this thing that queer people tend to do which is navigating around the massive obstacles of practices social services public discourse you struggle through these things you find the cracks and you find the holes that aren't necessarily even presupposed would be there by a society that would never imagine that someone would squeeze their way through the way that we often have to and that's kind of what i like to think about in terms of this uh, podcast access potential and so we will keep trying to do that and we'll keep trying to reach out to more people. So feel free to share this with other people. Um, if you don't share it, that's also okay. But I mean, you could... I'm going to do the thing that all podcasts do, is if you like us, give us a rating on your podcast platform. That's going to help other people find it. One of the things that we don't have on our list of where we want to be is to be on the top five of anything. That's Elsie, isn't it? That is Elsie. <laughs> Dear listener, you can't hear it. Oh, Elsie managed to open the door all by herself. Hello, Elsie. And and to a particular listener who adores Elsie being in, uh, who's told me this, um, waving to you, uh, Elsie is here and she is cute. Ambition is complicated. And it is a topic that we could go into a little further because the thing about ambition is that I've seen it argued both ways in the sense that we are presumed to be in such a situation that we don't have opportunity so ambition is sort of a painful experience for so many this idea of like why would I even aspire to something that is just out of reach and it will never be in reach but then there's the other side of ambition where you want to be the number one the very best and and no one shall ever touch thee for being as fabulous as they are I mean we can think of many many examples of when that has been really really problematic so interestingly enough even throughout my performance career, I never really felt the need to be the very, 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 very tippy top of famous people because fame like that is scary for a queer person. You tend not want to be recognized. What terrifies me the most about social media at the moment, when I see any wonderful queer or trans person become in the least bit recognizable is the horrific amount of hate that is immediately directed at them. And you get over a certain number of followers on any social media platform and suddenly you are bombarded by this horrific negative attention. That was one factor. Another factor for me was I really didn't want to elevate above anybody. What I wanted, 
I always said, and this is what I always said as a performer, as I wanted the opportunity to do the thing I wanted to do. So even if I wasn't famous or rich and famous, I wanted to have the chance. And that also meant the chance sometimes not to do the thing. But I always wanted to have the opportunity. And I was privileged enough, lucky enough to have that. And so for us, we aren't striving to be the number one top of any list. Now, if we were the number one top of any list, I don't know what we'd do with that. It'd be very interesting. We probably have to talk about it as an episode. But it may also sound a bit wanky to go, oh, we don't need to be number one or anything. But it's a complicated notion, I think. Ambition, wanting to be known. And I don't know if that's the thing I need. I want to be recognized for who I am and I want to have the opportunity to express myself. And we think that some of the voices we'd like to share should be able to get heard in lots of different places. Does that mean we want to be number one on the charts of X, Y and Z? No, but I wouldn't mind it getting to people. I really don't like being the center of attention that much. I already have enough shit on social media. I don't need more. I mean, haters gonna hate, but I don't need more haters gonna hate on my timelines. It's really stressful when stuff like that happens to you, even if it's your Twitter avatar or your Facebook or something like that. It's really fucked up and it's really difficult to cope with. I also don't want us to be gatekeepery. I don't want us to be seen as like the arbiters of who is queer enough. Oh God, no. The voices that I'm really interested in the people that I want to talk to are the people who are genuinely interested in their thoughts and who they are and how we can have a good conversation. Often they're people who I've had conversations with and I want to have those conversations in this environment. I want those conversations to exist and I want those thoughts to have a space to be because to me that's important giving a space for that discourse, for those ideas to kind of live and breathe. I do want those voices to reach more Mm. people. With more people comes attention. I'm not looking for attention because attention is scary. On the other hand, I have tremendous admiration for those people who do have that attention. The people who are queer, the people who are trans, the people who are out there being openly, visibly those things have become representatives of us they have become role models for us i think of the people who i look up to who have chosen to be visible and have been able to brave that attention and i think well maybe we need to be brave enough to try that too in our own limited way so it's tricky but what we really want to do is to continue having that dialogue between jay and i and between others so a little bit of practical stuff if you happen to be someone who we contact and you have to be listening right now. And you please, yes. please say yes. <laughs> there is that tension between visibility and space making. And I know that we've talked about it a little bit and we'll probably go on to have many more discussions about the need for visibility or invisibility and the difficulty of being the first, the difficulty of being the one who is visible within a space and the complications that arise there. The other thing is, is we are not monetized, so making the top of a list ain't going to mean diddly. Um, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not one of those podcasts. We to make the top of the list is going to change our lives. It's not because we can't monetize, and we can't monetize because I swear too fucking much. It would also mean that we would be unlikely to end up in some of the spaces that we want to end up in if we were monetized. 
Yeah, that's true. Although, to be fair, I was about to say, I listen to some very sweary podcasts who are indeed sponsored, but no, it's true. Sponsorship like that is really tricky. For anybody who listens to a lot of podcasts, you might hear people say, oh, and today's sponsor is whatever X, Y, and Z. And okay, that's not really something that's going to work for us because unless there's some fabulous little queer company who wants to sponsor us, in which case it wouldn't take your money anyway. I just want no, to no. advertise you. But it's one of the reasons why we have this Patreon. And the Patreon is really there to provide funds for a few things. Originally, the money helped me out, to be honest. I was unemployed. We wanted to do this podcast. The very microphone that you're currently listening to this on was paid for by the money that uh, the people from the Patreon kindly donated. Several other pieces of technology on my desk right now in order to make this podcast happen has been funded by the money you've shared. So thank you tremendously. Since being employed, we've taken that money and we've chosen to pay our guests because we believe that everybody should be paid for their labor. Anyone who chooses to grace us with their presence should be given something back for it. In some cases, some people have taken the money, some people have donated it, and we've been very glad to do that. So that's why we probably see this as some sort of sustainable model. We're lucky enough currently to be in a position where we can afford to continue doing this. And we really appreciate the support from those of you who've chosen to give us some money on Patreon because it will go to those people who we're going to interview. And for anybody else who's considering it, please feel free to go to our Patreon. And anybody who doesn't want to do it or can't do it, we want you to access it the most, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, I'm grateful to everyone who has helped raise these voices up in whatever way you've been able to do it. So that's sort of the plan. This is where we're at. A complicated plan because nothing we do is ever easy. It's a difficult one. There's lots of moving parts to this. This issue with notoriety, recognition, visibility being on some sort of odd scale. The notion of voices being complex in dialogue, interesting, invisible, visible, depending on the context of where you are and who you are and when you are. The ability to continue doing this in a way that's sustainable, consistent, high quality, good, if you will. <laughs> it's all very complicated, but we're very excited for the prospect and we're very excited to look to the future. And we really hope that you'll continue to come with us. Because we've got some fun topics to come. And believe me, the guests are going to be great. And you're not going to want to miss next time. Next time is very exciting for us. <laughs> and then the next guests after that, we're very excited for too. And then maybe one day in 2025 or onwards, we may actually be able to get Jay to lose their breath over talking <laughs> to Keanu Reeves. Um, I will try to think of some way that we could possibly make that happen. Highly unlikely. But Dear if God, it, if anyone knows Keanu Reeves. If anybody knows Keanu Reeves, feel free to, to let them know how breathtaking <laughs> we think he is. And should he ever wish to come on the podcast, there's an open invitation. Oh, absolutely. I think that's fair to say, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think. there you go. Yes. Yeah. Key to the city. <laughs> to that end, Jay, do we feel that we have covered our plans in enough detail? I think we have, and I think we've gone through the bits that we needed to go through, mm -hmm. because I think for me a lot of it was just reassuring all the lovely people that we aren't going away. No, we're here and we're queer and we're used to it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we have definitely covered everything. Well, do you want to ask me what I've watched recently? <laughs> 
That's a rather leading question. Do, do I want to ask you that? Mm, now that's a complicated question. Do I? Yes, I do. Of course, I want to ask you that. Yes. Jay, what have you been watching recently that may or may not have involved Keanu Reeves being breathtaking? And go. I watched the trailer for John Wick 4. John Wick 4 is going to be amazing. I cannot wait. It may not pass the Mitchell test, but fuck, I don't care. John Wick looks amazing. And I cannot wait for it because he's going to be so breathtaking because it's Keanu Reeves playing John Wick and it's really cool. And why did you see that trailer, Jay? Because Josephine sent it to me because <laughs> she knew that I was going to be doing this and hadn't had a chance to watch anything else recently. <laughs> That's okay. Dear listener, we've been considering a new segment to our podcast, which is when Jay or I have not been able to watch anything with Keanu Reeves in it, we might consider what movies and what pieces of art would be improved by having Keanu Reeves in it. And of course, the answer is always every piece of art (laughs) would be improved at the minute. And so uh, should we run out of films to talk about, that'll be our next recurring segment. And it's not that we aren't trying to watch all of Keanu Reeves' oeuvre of films, etc. It's just... Some of us have been trying so hard to finish watching Lucifer and just going, why, why, why? But Tom Holt is brilliant. But why, 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 why? Why can't we have Keanu in it? It was essentially most of my questions. Why wasn't God Keanu? Because that would have been brilliant. Oh my God, can you imagine Keanu turning up as God in Lucifer? I can imagine Keanu turning up in lots of things. <laughs> and yes, included in Lucifer, the TV show, which I also enjoyed in some very strange ways. Well, there we are, Jay. I think we have... Plans? We have plans. We are here. We're not going anywhere. Uh, we will be back next time with a wonderful guest. And then after that, more. And so you can follow us on Twitter at it is complicated without the E because we couldn't fit it in because of Twitter's character links. You can find us wherever good podcasts are sold. And if you would like to leave us a review, that would help a lot, allowing other people to find us, because that seems to be how podcasts are found. If you like it, share it with others. And if you feel like joining us on the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash it is complicated, all one word. And otherwise, we will see you and or hear you next time. Soon. Very soon. Very exciting. All right. Now, let's see if I can do this again, dear listener. All right. One, two, three. I rose, I rose.